With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, my name is Dino Ray Ramos. And I'm Amanda Nduka. And we are the hosts of Deadline's new Hollywood podcast where we celebrate people of color, members of the LGBTQ community, women, and other underrepresented voices in the industry. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, and today our guest is D.R. Kilpatrick from the web series American Coco and the Amazon series The Climb. But before we get into our wonderful guest... Uh, we thought it would be appropriate for us to tell you a little bit about ourselves, the host of New Hollywood. My name is Dino, as you have heard, um, and I'm an associate editor here at Deadline covering film and TV. Yeah, and I'm actually a first-generation Filipino-American. I'm actually originally from Texas, but now I'm living in sunny L.A. <laughs> um, so I've been covering film and TV for about 10 years and worked for various publications as a film critic, TV writer, all that good stuff. Well, yeah, I'm, and I'm a very big champion of the Asian American community and other people of color. Uh, but I have been involved with a lot of like Center for Asian American Media in San Francisco, visual communications here in L.A. And I'm just all about good storytelling from underrepresented voices. My name is Amanda, and I'm a homegrown deadliner. I started here as an intern, and um, I now work in film. I also do a bit of TV as well, TV and digital. Um, and, you know, since I could remember, I was, I've always been a fan of television and film. Growing up, I'm first-generation Nigerian-American. It, TV and film weren't really a big deal in our home. Um, we actually weren't even allowed to watch TV. And oh, <laughs> yeah, in middle school, in middle school and high school, we weren't allowed to we weren't allowed to watch TV on the weekdays. So we oh, would, on the weekdays, on only. the weekdays, okay. only weekends. Okay. And I would sneak, I would always sneak and try to like catch my shows at night and stuff. So I've just always been a big fan of television. Also, I'm a big champion of underrepresented voices in this industry. Yeah, and that's what this podcast is all about. We're here just to celebrate that and. We, we, we have a seat for everyone at the table, as they say. Um, yes, we're open to everyone. Open to everyone. So today's guest, as mentioned, is D.R. Kilpatrick. And she's joined the list of people, people like Issa Rae and Rachel Bloom, who have got, used the digital space to create their own content and take their careers in their own hands. Yeah, and when we come back, we will have Diara talking about her projects. So let's welcome Diara Kilpatrick to the Deadline New Hollywood podcast. Welcome. Welcome. So happy to have you. It is my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. For coming out. So we're just going to start from the beginning of your career. So you're you're a, a NYU Tisch grad. 
Yes. Correct. Yes. So just talk about kind of the early days and how you got your start and then your experience and auditioning and all that stuff. Talk about that. Yeah. You know, I loved going to NYU. I feel like it prepared me really well for being an artist in the world. You know, I was like, I felt like I had my mission together. I felt like I had all the tools from all the class. You know, I did Playwrights Horizons Theater School was mm-hmm. like this real, like it was, it was across the board of theater training, you mm-hmm. know, so we did everything and I felt really ready to be an artist. I had no idea how to be a businesswoman. Yeah. And that's always kind of the hard thing to balance as a creative is like, how are you an artist and a businesswoman? So I came out and I made a lot of mistakes. I had crazy looking headshots, you know, like (laughs) I have headshots where I look older uh, in those headshots than I do right now. Oh like gosh. it was just like tons of boobs and hair. And, <laughs> oh, wow. And it was like, and that's not even the vibe that I give off, you know? Yeah. So then I walk into the room and I'm like, hi, you know? <laughs> and I have these like crazy sexy headshots. And, you know, I made a lot of really classic mistakes mm-hmm. and didn't understand um, how to market myself as a performer or any of that and didn't feel like I needed to. Like, yeah. you know, I was like, oh, the cream will rise to the top, you know. And so while I was auditioning, you know, I did sort of get some little parts in TV and film here and there, but I was really called to the theater out here, which is crazy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, a lot of people – I mean, the LA theater just frankly doesn't have the respect that like New York that theater. New York yeah, theater yeah. has, and so to say, oh, I've been super successful in the LA theater, really, <laughs> oh, really, <laughs> really yeah. like draws like laughter yeah. and like, oh, <laughs> that's so cute, you know. And um, but for me, it was about because I felt like such artist. It was where I was finding the roles that I could really mm-hmm, dig into. Mm-hmm. This is pre-scandal, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I was going out for the black nurses and the black friends and I was getting the blackity black it up and <laughs> can you do it like your mom and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff and so in the theater I felt really free to tackle all these different parts and play these characters that were going on these epic journeys because mm-hmm. that's my jam mm-hmm. to start off at eight o'clock at one point in a person's life and at 10 p.m she has gone through the ringer or whatever you yeah. know she's just in a totally different place yeah. in her life by 10 p.m and that's my joy So, but what happened was I sort of hit a ceiling here. I had been nominated or won a lot of awards and I had, you know, worked at a lot of theaters and I was feeling like either I'm gonna go back to New York, but then I came out here to do TV and film. And so it was a little bit of a trying time with a lot of like ugly crying and trying to figure out how do I get to the next stage in my career? And in just kind of a surrendering to the moment, I guess, I wrote American Coco mm-hmm. and was like, mm-hmm. well, I'll write something for me to star in then. Mm-hmm. That should be fun. And it was really, I think, such a pure, came from a pure place yeah. of wanting to create. And and so that happened and that really changed the trajectory of my career quite yeah. a bit. Okay. And talk about, I mean, you ta- you touched on, you know, getting the stereotypical type roles yeah. early on in your career, yeah. and then you went on to create American Coco. You have The Climb on Amazon. Um, yeah. And then, but you started out in the digital space with American Coco, and yeah. that's kind of how you got discovered by um, Viola Davis and uh, her husband, uh, Julius Tenen. Mm-hmm. Talk about what the digital platform has done, what kind, of, what kind of benefits you've seen the digital platform has offered to diverse storytelling mm-hmm. and to underrepresented voices. As an actor, it's really the only medium where someone has to invite you to participate. You know, a painter can yeah. always paint. And so what the online space did was give me 
the ability to give my own self permission mm-hmm. to write and to create and to employ other people and just create a safe space for creativity. So I think it's important for anyone who's on the fringe to feel like, oh, okay, you know, I don't have to wait to be co-signed by anybody. I can just do my own thing. And it was hugely um, freeing and fulfilling to be able to do that. In post-post-racial America, problems of a distinctly racial nature are considered especially heinous. These sticky situations are handled by an elite team of problem solvers. Chinese. Jew. Black. Super black. (laughs) And what do you do? Oh, she's a race detective. Awesome. Check the pantry for the brand of syrup. Mm-hmm. With American Coco, which is which is fantastic, by the way, oh, which I love. Um, the, the 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 it's based in race. The topic of race is such a minefield, especially now, yeah. especially on film and television. Um, and America, American Coco, is essentially rooted in race and identity. With with the show, how careful were you with the choices you made story wise, and did you get any like initial backlash or anything? You know, I didn't really worry about it too much. Like I said, I was like, I'm going to make a a show, Mm -hmm. you know? And then when we made the $3,000 version and I got signed at CAA (laughs) and CAA started sending it out to places and I would take meetings and people would be like, you're really brave for telling this story. I was like, oh, am I? Like, (laughs) oh, okay. Like I would, (laughs) yeah, I was like, oh, everyone's going to see this, you know? So, um, Then I did think about when I was writing the second season, you know, the second season does deal with a character that is similar to Trayvon Martin. Mm -hmm. And I did think, okay, this is kind of sticky because even though it deals with comedy and drama, it's a comedy. And I never wanted to make something that, I think her name is Sabrina Fulton, Trayvon Martin's mother, would watch and feel offended. Like, Mm -hmm. I just really wanted for that never to be the butt of the joke yeah. and for the, for us never to exploit that but really using comedy as a way to talk about the thing that we all needed to talk about and make it a little easier. Mm-hmm. So that was, that did give me pause. I was like, oh, can I even touch this yeah, subject? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but because I was so authentically, emotionally moved by the subsequent verdict that came after the Trayvon Martin killing. And I remember that night, like it was yesterday. I've, I just had to trust that like it's coming from me and it's coming from love. And so I'm just gonna have to trust that it's gonna be all right and that you'll be able to sense that it's not exploitive. And then you also, you have the climb, which it, it deals with the whole, with the black women's plight. And, and you have, it, it, it just premiered or it premiered earlier this month, November 10th on Amazon, the mm-hmm. pilot did. Um, essentially, it's about the, you, your, you and your best friend that, I mean, you guys are after what I feel like is the essentially the um, aspirate, the um, a, a very humanistic universal goal, which is like uh, to live your best, to live your best life, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so talk about that. How, how long did it take you to come up with the idea? I know it's uh, based in Detroit, which is where you're from. Mm-hmm. How long did it take for you to come up with the idea? And how long did it take for it to get to this point? To get it on Amazon? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I pitched I pitched this over two years ago. Okay. And it just came out, like you said, earlier this yeah. month. So it's been a long journey. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's really something that I was thinking about that. Like, how do you live your best life? Like, I've talked about this a little bit before. I saw that meme that was like, 
slay like Beyonce, yeah, yeah, own like <laughs> Oprah, dress like Olivia Pope, mm-hmm. age like J Lo, like run like Hillary. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like, that's a lot to do. Is, is to that do. where we are? You yeah. know, and as women, is that what it means to have it all now? Like for my grandmother, having it all was like. I don't know, just having her kids happy, (laughs) you know? And for my mom, having it all was like having a job and a, you know, you know, and having her kids happy. A different kind of sway. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and this generation of not just black women, but women, we're really going for it, Yeah, you know? And I thought that would be an interesting thing to track. And then also that's just an interesting journey to have at a time when celebrity obsession and social media obsession is just ubiquitous. Like, yes. And yeah. what that does to like the American dream, it just kind of I think makes people feel like they can shorten yeah. the distance. And there's there's also I mean it's there's more there, it's not just you have to do this and this and this in order for you to be successful. There's so many things out there that can bring that success. So yeah. and I think that's interesting that your character her her um I guess her aspiration is to be like an Instagram celebrity. Like she she admires um uh, copper, cop, I can't, I'm sorry. Copper Lewinsky. Yeah, Copper Lewinsky. Um, <laughs> that's kind of her goals. So, and I mean, and it's, I, I think it's, it's still, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having those type of goals. It's just, you know. Yeah, and I think copper, in a lot of ways, copper is a metaphor, yeah. you know. I think we all have this habit of getting online and doing the compare and despair, yeah. you know, where you're looking at everyone else's life and yeah. everyone looks so beautiful online and <laughs> so fit and so happy and so in love and so well-fed. And you're just like, damn, is my life enough yeah. you know mm-hmm. and i think i think that we project so much on not just the kim kardashians and the beyonces of the world but like the chicks you went to high school with or middle school yeah. with mm-hmm. and um <laughs> and so nia kind of chasing after the life that she thinks copper has is really like a metaphor for all of us kind of looking outside of ourselves for something better Well, now we're going to get into the real good stuff. Okay. No, cool. the fun <laughs> stuff. The fun, no, the fun stuff. Oh, cool. uh, so we have like these, these these three final questions that we like to ask our guests. You know, um, So what was the last movie you saw in the theater? Oh, I just saw Lady Bird. And oh. What did you think? I you think? loved it. I mean, I cried. It was me and my... I just remember that feeling of... That senior year of high school, mm-hmm. where you are so ready to get the mm-hmm. hell out. And I didn't go to a Catholic school, but I went to a private school that was predominantly white, and we had like the gray skirts and the ties. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm an artist. I gotta get out of here. Break out of that plaid skirt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and what are you currently binging on, on you know, your. Your binging platforms, which is like every, platform. <laughs> which is every platform basically, <laughs> basically yeah. which is everything. I just watched Atypical. Ooh, Ooh how, how do you like it? I liked it a lot, okay. and I came to a conclusion. Okay, that I think a lot of dudes are on the spectrum that my friends are making. <laughs> <laughs> like because it's, it's it's about this kid who's on the spectrum, and yeah, yeah. he has this girl in high school who still loves him yeah. and she keeps being like I love you I love you and he's like I don't love you <laughs> you know and he's like very matter of fact yeah, about yeah. it huh. and she keeps coming back and I'm like 
are my friends all dating dudes on the spectrum? Yeah. It well, kind of feels like it, honestly. Like that may be that's, it. A, that's a very good observation. That's, that's an astute and I think that explains observation. A lot. <laughs> that it explains explained a lot. a lot for me. <laughs> yeah. And finally, is there an underrated, underrepresented actor, actress, writer, director that you are totally living for right now? Oh my gosh. You know, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna shout out my cast on American Coco. Oh, okay. yes, there you go. Yeah. yeah. People keep all, yeah. people keep commenting on the casting and complimenting it and it's a lot of those people are people that I did theater with in LA who are actors that you might not know and I mean I'd love for you to see American Coco for <laughs> my writing and performance but I'd also love for you to see the performances of, you know, Gerald Prescott and Brian Monahan and Cedric Sanders and Kareem Ferguson. These are actors that are like just gems and Dwayne Perry. I mean, I could go on and on. Mm-hmm. McGee Monteith of of just really undiscovered actors who are fantastic. Thank you very much, Diara, Thank you. for coming out. Yeah, this of course. Awesome. Hey, Come great. back on anytime. I know. <laughs> and for the record, our last guest, Simqua Walls. He mentioned you. He mentioned you, he you shouted as the, he shouted out you as his underrepresented, <laughs> underrated actor. Oh, I love so, it. Yeah. Yes. Me and Simqua go way back. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, he mentioned that. Yeah. So maybe, like, maybe that should be a thing. We should just pick up from exactly. the other <laughs> so oh, I guess from American yes, Coco cool. to come on here <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well thank you very much thank y'all. you so you're, much you're amazing you're thank amazing you. your shows are amazing yeah. and we will be watching we will be like watching you my arms are in the air <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much thank you with the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.